Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is Friday, April 1st, but one thing that is no fool, we are just a little bit more than 24 hours away from this Final Four. Finally, tipping off Kansas, Villanova, Duke, and North Carolina. We've been talking this thing to death for the last week now. We are so ready for this game to be here. Michael Beller and Austin Mock here with you to talk you through our last little bits and tips and whatever of betting advice for these two games that we are all so excited for this Saturday. Austin, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. It's, it's, we're, we're here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's been dragging on this week. I don't know if it's because of the North Carolina Duke matchup. It's, it feels a little bit longer, but um, the closer that we get to this game, and I don't mean to speak over Kansas Villanova because I think that'll mm-hmm. be great in its own way, but like, perfect storylines and it's just building up and like the closer we get I'm just like itching to watch that game like I I can't wait for that game to tip I feel like the atmosphere is going to be incredible everything about it this is just the perfect uh final four if you're okay with no Cinderella's uh advancing (laughs) I'm totally okay with that I sort of love the way this tournament fell with having this like blue-blooded final four the ridiculous storylines on the Duke and UNC side a feeling that there are multiple realistic champions inside the Final Four. We got the great St. Peter's story. We got a couple of other double-digit teams making Sweet 16 runs. Really think this is like a great tournament, and it looks like it's going to have a great capstone on it over these next couple of days. I mean, days. North Carolina's an eight seed. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right? Like there it is. There, we got an eight seed in the Final Four. Yeah, you know, like you know, you could say it's a Cinderella, but obviously. North Carolina does not even come close to ever, <laughs> no. like, ever become. No. It's kind of like UCLA last year. Right. Like, I mean, I think that was more of a surprise just because they were, you know, the first four and everything. But, like, uh-huh. it's just, it's, they're just not. The, the, if you take away their first half of the year, they're probably like a, a five seed, you know? Yeah. So. But, yeah, we got an eight seed, so how, how much can hey. we really complain? <laughs> no matter what, we can say that's an eight seed sitting there across <laughs> from Duke uh, when they take the floor on Saturday night. Uh, let's get into them. I mean, we've talked about these games, like I said. We've talked them and talked them and talked them all week long. And what's crazy is that there hasn't been any movement. And not, we, don't, we don't expect a line to move two points in Final Four week, but you do expect some movement. And other than the movement that you're obviously going to get between the moment the line is set and those first, like, six hours, we have not seen any movement. I don't think these have moved since Monday morning. And so we've got Kansas minus four and a half, 132 and a half the total on that one. Duke minus four and a half, 151 and a half the total on that game. Let's just start there. Austin, I know we've talked about this quite a bit. Let's start with that Kansas-Villanova game. You're on Kansas, plus 180 to win the championship. You've been mostly putting off betting on this individual game itself because of that Kansas wager. That's the way you've been getting invested in this game. Now that we are a little bit more than 24 hours away from this game tipping off, any changes for you on either the line or the total? No, it's it's just it's just really hard for me to get involved because I don't know. Um, I, I mentioned it this whole week, like you know, they, they there might be an adjustment period for Kansas against Villanova in this game with what Villanova is going to be doing differently. Um, you know, like we've seen this happen in other sports when, when a you know key piece goes down, you kind of change up what you're doing. I don't expect like Jay Wright to rewrite his whole, you know, offensive playbook or any or, or, or scheme or anything like that. But there, there's going to it's going to look a little bit different because uh, Moore was a pretty big piece. He hasn't had like the best tournament. Um, they're, they're still pretty, you know, balanced across the board. 
But, you know, he's throughout the whole year, he's been the second guy behind Gillespie here. And, and you just don't want to be missing your second best option, um, you know, when you're going up against this Kansas team. So it's just really difficult to see what happens. So I, I, the plus 180, it's still there. I still think it's worth it. Like you said, there's not been any movement. There's really not been any movement in the futures market either. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that Villanova matched up poorly in this game before Moore was out. Like if Moore was in, I still don't think it was like the greatest matchup for, for Nova here. Um, I think Kansas could have some success on the offensive glass. Kansas is very good at, at shooting twos. Villanova's not. They defend the three better than they defend the two. So a lot of things go Kansas's way, um, and, and they get it again with Moore. And I just like I, I think the number's too steep to bet on Kansas in this game. Um, like I, I, I really don't want to get involved there. But total wise, I lean a little bit to the over. But without more, I just can't get in this. Uh, so Kansas plus one eighty. Duke's taking a little bit of value away from them there. Um, that's that's my only wager. I cannot see me really having anything substantial in this game. Maybe some props here and there, but uh, nothing mm-hmm. in the main markets. <clears throat> I think I'm with you. I've been toying, especially once it became pretty evident that like this line probably wasn't going to move. So I didn't feel like compelled to get on Kansas, you know, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I've been toying. I've had it in the back of my mind. Kansas minus four and a half. If I were forced to bet a side in this game, that's the one I would go with. So I've had it in the back of my mind. But I'm. I just. I just can't get. I can't get all the way there. I just can't quite get myself to laying the four and a half, even without Justin Moore. For what it's worth, Ken Palm has this as a one-point Kansas victory. Um, you know, Justin Moore changes everything, but still, like it's a good illustration of where these teams would be at full strength, and I think it's just it's hard to want to get fully on board with Kansas. And, and on the flip side, can't trust Villanova just with that major adjustment they're going to have to make, and as you and I have been talking about, all week long here, Colin Gillespie, he's going to gut it out. He's going to play his 37 minutes or whatever. He's probably going to play pretty well because that's what he does. But if you watch Villanova at all during the tournament, he just doesn't quite look like himself. So you're down more. You are at a less than 100% Gillespie. It becomes a little scary when when the proposition of, of betting on Villanova, even with the four and a half at your back. And so I don't want to bet that. I'm with a slight lean on the over as well, but also like this could be a game where Villanova really struggles offensively, plays well enough defensively, uh, and we do see the game come under that 132 and a half mark. So there's just there's nothing here for me either. Nothing here for me on the side. Nothing here for me on the total. You did get me on uh, on Kansas plus 180. So in a way, we're obviously cheering for Kansas money line, but not not in such a way that we've bet on it. If you if you like, how does that how does that go wrong for us? How does Villanova pull off this upset? If I came back to you from the from the future, you know, 37 <laughs> hours from now and said, guess what? Villanova's in the championship game. What would you uh, think had gone wrong for Kansas? Yeah, I mean, it, it, Villanova plays really slow. Um, they're, I don't know if they're going to play slower. It's pretty hard to do that. Um, like, there's only so many seconds in the shot clock. Like, you eventually hit a, you know, a, a, I guess a minimum pace that you can play at. Uh, Kansas does like to play fast. So, could be a game where, where Villanova um, – kind of controls the the tempo they can they don't let Kansas like they were talking about it's I feel like they said it a million times in the Kansas Miami game I was only able to watch the first half of that game and I I heard the broadcast team say like Kansas wants to get out in four seconds they want to like be able to get a shot within four seconds I think they're going to kind of have to have that strategy again I think Villanova's not going to let them I think Villanova's going to kind of like not really crash the offensive boards because you can give out runouts, you know, against a Houston team, 
they, they were able to do that a little bit more. They let Houston shoot threes. That strategy obviously worked. I don't expect that to work against Kansas. Kansas has too many good shooters, so they're 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 gonna their defense is gonna be a little bit different. They're just gonna need Kansas to just shoot bad, and they're gonna need Gillespie to be just an absolute monster. Um, obviously, we know that he can be. Um, you know, you're gonna need a little bit of, of variance going your way here because you are you know you're at a deficit, like you said. Gillespie might not be 100 percent, no more, but I, I think you know Dixon's gonna need to be huge. Down, down inside for them. He's been playing very well, so that's entirely possible. But it's basically going to be like Archie Diakono is probably going to get a minutes pump, and he hasn't really done that much this year. He hasn't really played that much this year. It's really going to fall on you know, Gillespie, Samuels, Dixon, Slater. These guys are going to have to step up and and basically just play perfect basketball, um, and 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 hope Kansas doesn't shoot well. <clears throat> We got a flood of props available to us on Thursday night and Friday morning. So now we can uh, talk through individual player stuff as we're looking at these two games in Kansas and Villanova. Is there anything, points, rebounds, assists, threes, whatever it might be that intrigues you? Yeah, the, the so the Villanova threes kind of interest me. Um, I, I don't really, I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, this player, this, like, it's just yeah. kind of across the board um, because I, Kansas is very good at defending the, the, the paint and Villanova we know is not exactly you know sprinting to get into the paint they will but they're they're not you know they're not going to run their offense through the paint they, they take a lot of difficult threes it might be with with the more injury it might be something where we see them kind of have to take more you know we've seen this when offenses struggle you, and, and the way that they play they might be taking a lot of threes they might not be good threes, but I, you know, again, I think Jay Wright will figure this out, and they still have good shooters, even even without more mm-hmm. going there. You know, they, they got guys that can that can shoot the three. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's you know going to be lights out across the board against this Kansas defense, but the Villanova threes, I think their three you know three point rate is, is increased in this one because of the offensive you know the the loss of more, and and that's kind of an area that I'm looking for. Maybe not so Gillespie because I feel like he's a you know he's the name, and you're kind of getting a too you know a inflated number, if you will. Um, but maybe you know someone like Caleb Daniels, and uh, and and those if if those numbers are available, I, I, those are the mm-hmm. ones that I'm targeting. This one, Kansas is too well balanced for me to get involved with on there. Like uh, it's yeah. it's it's all over the place. It's kind of like the Duke. We'll we'll talk about that game too. But um, it's just tough to get involved. Like, is there anyone on Kansas you're rushing to to bet the like a points points uh, over under with? <laughs> There is not, and like the one guy who maybe would be like maybe 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 would be uh, Remy Martin. His his uh, prop is at eleven and a half points, but I'm already on a Remy Martin most outstanding player prop, and so like that's you know it's effectively down. the same bet. It's yeah right. Yeah. So like I, I I don't need to get involved with that. Um, and you're looking at guys who are like like you. I mean. The, the props really sort of show you just how spread out it is. Remy Martin, 11.5. Jalen Wilson, 11.5. Christian Brown, 11.5. David McCormick's at 9.5. Of course, Abaji is the, the outlier at 16.5. Um, but that, like, I mean, in a game with the, in a game with a total of 132.5 where you know for sure one team that is already super slow is probably going to want to play even slower than it typically does, like, do you want to bet on anyone scoring 17 points? No. <laughs> like, yeah, right. You know, like, I understand – that you know, just looking at their their, and you could throw in the Ohio State game too. Ohio State has a good offense, um, uh-huh. you know. 
71 61 like that's that's kind of what you know the the game's going to be in this one 63 55 against michigan obviously the houston game 50 44 um like that that's that's what they want and probably exaggerated go back to the big east tournament austin yeah 66-65, 63-60, 54-48. 66-65, They're three wins in the Big East yeah, tournament. I mean, when you play this slow, like this is what this kind of irritates me. I know their defense has been good, but people say it like you'll hear it, you'll probably hear it tomorrow. This defense is so amazing. Like Villanova's defense actually like it's good, but it's not like an elite number. But they'll put up mm-hmm. the uh, points per game number. Right. And I'm like, yeah, when you play at 60 possessions, I mean, I said the Houston <laughs> yeah, game would be right. like kind of a miracle if it hit 60, mm-hmm. and I think it ended at 58. So, um, it, it's it's. It's just really difficult to get involved, and in games that are this short, it takes like one like stretch of basketball. If someone gets hot and kind of heat checks themselves, then all of a sudden, like, bang, they could be over in three possessions because they hit three straight yeah. threes or something like that. So, the Kansas is just really, really difficult. Uh, the the player props for me is, is more of trying to trying to kind of target these Villanova three point shooters because I do think that they're gonna. I don't. I don't want to say like forced into a lot of bad shots, but with how I think this game kind of goes game script wise, they could be taking a little bit more threes than they want if they're struggling to get uh, things going on offense. So uh, the Villanova three pointers are where I'm uh, where I'm targeting. <clears throat> I will. Say, Christian Brown's three point number intrigues me a little bit because you're getting plus money on it for him to make more than one and a half, and he, that's about. He's been attempting only like two three threes over the last couple of months here per game so he's gonna have to make basically you're 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 almost hoping for him to go like two for two or two for three because he's not gonna he's almost certainly not gonna be putting up you know five or six threes in this game he he needs to have a very good shooting night to go over one and a half threes but I mean we're talking about a guy who's you know a 40 percent three-point shooter basically you know effectively over both this season and over his career he's a 40 percent three-point shooter he can have those sorts of nights and if if we see a similar game plan come from Villanova against Kansas that we saw from them. And you're right. Like this is a, you know, they gave up the 23 point attempts as what felt like a little bit of a defensive strategy against Houston at work for them. Jay Wright knows they can't do the exact same thing against Kansas, but the three point attempts are going to be there for Kansas in a certain way. So Christian Brown, it's really, for me, it's about getting the plus money uh, plus plus one fifty right now on bet MGM. I, I like, like I'm, I'm willing to roll those dice uh, feeling like he's going to get his shots at it. He's going to get his two, three, three point attempts up. And I think that that the plus money makes that a worthwhile bet for me. Yeah. I mean the, the Houston got looks like they, it yeah. wasn't like they were being yeah. run off the three point line. I mean, some of them were tough for sure, but like, they they had the opportunities like they had open shots. Kyle Edwards had a mm-hmm. ton of open shots. They just like yes, of all times to have your you know one of the most historic bad shooting nights. Houston uh, <laughs> Houston picked the wrong night to do it. <clears throat> all right, so no bets for us on Kansas and Nova when it comes to sides or the total. Maybe taking a look at some of these three point props. We both do like Kansas, however, to win the game and advance to the national championship. Let's get to the nightcap. Let's get to the big story here. Duke and North Carolina. Uh, Again, we've talked this up and down, backwards and forwards. And you've been on UNC all week long, catching those four and a half points. The total, again, 151 and a half. So let's hear it, Austin. I've heard it a few times, but I'm not sick of it. Let's hear the argument once again for UNC plus four and a half. Yeah, I I guess I'm interested to see if this has any movement uh, late because Duke's been getting money late. But I went ahead and, and bet North Carolina at the plus four and a half. Um, I, I just, 
I am just not in love with this Duke defense. And mm-hmm. I, I think if you go back through their tournament games, you could even go back to their ACC tournament games, they haven't been playing all like that well until late in the game. Which sure, you know, they're, 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 they 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 have great shot makers, so there is probably a signal there that they are good in crunch time. But we look at these offenses that they've played. Arkansas, not exactly, you know, a crazy efficient offense. Texas Tech, we know, can struggle on offense. Michigan State can struggle on offense. Go back, obviously, Virginia Tech um, beat them in the ACC tournament. Virginia Tech's offense can can play a little bit. Miami took a took them for uh, in late in the ACC tournament. Took that game down to the wire. They they can play offense. Um, not going to really throw Syracuse in there. Buddy Beheim was out, but like again, Syracuse was scoring on this Duke defense. They're now going up against a North, the best offense that they've faced in the tournament. And I really think North Carolina, with their balanced scoring, um, just they, they they like kind of sneakily because I think because of how they started the year, like we don't realize they they do have four guys that can score on you, like pretty pretty well balanced here between Baycock, Manic, Baycock, Manic, uh, Davis, and Love. I just, I just think they're going to have no trouble scoring um, on the other end, which is going to be the most important because I think Duke is going to score as well. North Carolina is not exactly a, a great def, uh, defensive team either, mm-hmm. but Duke Duke does get on the offensive glass a good bit. Williams is fantastic. Uh, they do you know rebound their misses pretty well. North Carolina, the best in the country, the best in my model at cleaning up the offensive glass. They're not going to let you get it. We kind of saw it against St. Peter's. St. Peter's was a good offensive rebounding team, even though they weren't exactly tall. Baycott was like, Baycott had like 12 rebounds in the first like 10 minutes of that game. So I I think that's the key for me. Um, There's not going to be like any turnovers in this game too. It's going to be fantastic. This should be like an offensive kind of go where you need. And the extra possessions that I think North Carolina is not going to allow Duke to have, uh, I think ultimately is what's gonna what's gonna help out. And in their first two meetings, Duke had a thirty point eight percent offense rebound rate uh, in the game they won by twenty. In, in uh, Cameron Indoor, that was down to twenty one point six. North Carolina wins. They were able to get to the free throw line as well in that one. Uh, I just think that's kind of the key area, and I think North Carolina's defensive glass presence uh, can really. I'm not going to say stop this Duke offense, but it's going to mm-hmm. slow them down enough to where they uh, can can you know can win this game. <clears throat> it's a well-argued argument for sure. And it's like, I can't, I, this is another one that I just can't quite get myself to, to pull a trigger on either side. I would be leaning in your direction with North Carolina for the reasons you said, but my favorite bet in this game, Austin is the over for a lot of the reasons you said, I think the only thing that plays to the under is North Carolina being able to keep Duke off the offensive glass. We know how well Duke has rebounded the ball offensively and what those extra possessions have done for them, both with easy putbacks for the guy grabbing the possession, kickouts for threes. I mean, they've done an excellent job at that really all season long, and we've seen it on display in the tournament. But I I just think with all the shot making that Duke has and the way that offense is going, number one offense by adjusted efficiency on Ken Palm for a reason. You put what they have been doing offensively, you put what North Carolina has done offensively, going up against that Duke defense, a team that can't struggle in ball screen defense. Both these teams can shoot it very well from behind the arc, a game that we expect to get up and down, a game where we expect to be plenty of possessions, right? We're talking about the the first game of the night struggling to get to 60. This game's going to get way 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 above that. We're going to have plenty of possessions in this game. 
with all the offensive firepower on both sides here. I think it goes over that 151 and a half number. And both times they played this season, they passed the 151 and a half number, and that included a game where North Carolina only gave 67 points of, of output. So I think that this is a game that is going to play to that high scoring script. And so while I don't feel super confident in either team, With the spread, I do feel very confident that both of these teams are going to be able to score. So I'm just going to kick back, watch this game, and just cheer for points, points, (laughs) points, points, points. Because I think that both these teams can can do it. I just, I find it, I I guess the the thing that would concern me, if I was going to be worried about something, something we talk about a lot with these Final Fours now, just the the eyesight adjustment of playing in an arena like this that they're going to be playing in in New Orleans. like That's going to be a little bit different for them, and we're talking about teams that do a lot of damage from behind the arc. If there is a recalibration of depth perception that happens early in the game and they don't quite get there, then I get a little bit worried, but ultimately I think these teams can get over that 151.5. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Subjectively, I don't have a numbers edge there, but subjectively, like if I had an under play here i'd be just like terrified like i would be rooting i'd be rooting so hard for that dome adjustment to happen like please mm-hmm. like let's have some air balls early like you know yeah. I, what was the like butler yukon game was like 18 10 at halftime <laughs> something crazy like that the worst the uh but worst i am interested what, who, who do you think wins out in pace I, duke plays at an above average pace they're not lightning fast yep. uh but north carolina likes to run um but in the last two games north carolina played two very slow teams in UCLA and St. Peter's, and I'm not saying that like that was an advantage. Do you think Duke tries to slow it down to not play North Carolina's style of basketball? Um, the the matchup at Duke was very uh, fast paced. The matchup at at North Carolina that Duke won was not as fast paced. Do you think there's a strategy that Duke kind of tries to slow this down and, and maybe not allow North Carolina to get their runouts that they like? <clears throat> I guess they, they'll, they'll try to slow it down, but I don't think that equates to a slow game. I mean, Duke has the has the, the, the perimeter and ball-handling players to play at a fast pace, and, I mean, they can get runouts themselves. So, like, even though Duke Duke does not play the fast pace that Carolina does, nowhere near it, they're, they're comfortable enough in it. So I think that the, the slowing of the pace is more to counteract what has been proven to be an extreme strength for Carolina rather than Duke being uncomfortable playing at that pace or unwilling or unable to play at that pace and be competitive with Carolina. So because of that, I, st- I, I think we still see a comfortably faster than average pace. Maybe just not the way Carolina has been able to dictate in some of their previous tournament matchups. What do you think? Yeah, I think Duke. So Duke over the last ten games has been a little bit slower than what they've been for the whole year. Um, I don't know if that's just kind of like the tournament is kind of making them play that way. They, they, I don't want to say they like don't run offense because they they obviously do. Um, but like there are moments where it's just kind of like, all right, Bancaro, go ahead, like do what you got to do, and that is that that does slow it down, um, and it works because he's obviously you know possible number one overall pick in the NBA draft here. Uh, I, I do think it's it's not going to be lightning fast. I, I think North Carolina will try to get out, and and but like they, I don't think they're going to need to. And, and I think Davis kind of knows this from the standpoint of like Duke's defense, like it's not been good in the tournament. Like it, it's yeah. it's not the offense has just been like yeah. bonkers. Um, so sure you could put some stress on them and, and and get them to run. I think you kind of pick your spots there. Uh, but you're going to be able to get stuff in the half court here. So I could see this being more 
like kind of what you said, not as fast paced as you'd expect with North Carolina, like a North Carolina game. Um, I don't think Duke will slow it down to like UCLA or St. Peter's level here. And we get like a mid sixties possession game. Um, I, I have it, you know, I think it's going to be, a, a you know, 71, which is, I think is a fast paced game. There are two games were 69 and 75 during the year. So I think right in the middle there is where we end up. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it really favors either side. I would say a super slow game probably favors Duke because North Carolina does like to run, and that's kind of their identity. I think Duke is able to play both, kind of what you were alluding to. They have the ball handlers to play fast. They have the shot makers to play slow. Um, So I think we'll see above average. I'm interested, though, if that dome factor happens early, does that affect pace? Like, does that, like, if if you're, like, if there's air balls everywhere, North Carolina, you're just like, yo, let's just sprint to the hoop. Like, hurry up and, like, try to shoot a layup. Like, is that... Is that something that happens there? I, I don't know, but I, I, I just yeah. I, I think that that could kind of change how this game uh, plays out. Definitely early. <clears throat> it's one of the great unknowables as we head into this uh, much anticipated matchup between Duke and North Carolina. Let's quickly hit on some props in this game. Uh, unsurprising to see all the, the point totals elevated from the uh, previous one that we talked about here. But uh, just some of the big names you got Paulo Boncaro. He's at 17.5. That's minus 115 uh, to go over or under. Brady Maddox at 17.5 also, but the over is plus 100 versus minus 125 for the under. Armando Baycott is at 16.5 plus 100 for the over, minus 125 for the under. Caleb Love at that same 16.5 with the same prices on it. Anything for any of those guys or someone else uh, that you're getting interested in as we get ready for this? Uh, it's tough because these teams are like, all of them are balanced. Um, like I, you, you know, I like to usually have the like, you know, there's there's like kind of your one piece that's. Uh, I mean, this you're going to be balanced if you're playing in the final four, but. Um, sure. someone who like, I like to kind of target the third or fourth option because a lot of times I think there's matchups that, that kind of work for them. And, and RJ Davis is, is someone that I think could, uh, be there. Uh, you know, I talked about Caleb Love possibly being in the, you know, the most outstanding player cause I, you know, guard scoring is so important this time, but RJ Davis, you know, 13 and a half I'm seeing in, in, in that range. Um, I, I just, I, again, I don't think this Duke defense is great. And, and Mark Williams is the great one. Like, you know, right. he is the – like, if they didn't have him, and you know, I, he's he shot himself into the top ten, probably going to be the first, uh, like, true center taken in the NBA draft or, or very close to that or second. Um, it's it's kind of going to be like, how, how can we get him, you know, maybe out, out of the paint? Is, is R.J. Davis, you know, running the offense? And, you know, this could be Caleb Love too, but I, I'd like Davis um, in the matchups. Can you get Williams away from the rim? He's great at protecting the rim. Um, and I think that could be a storyline. I like mm-hmm. that 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 this kind of works. You know, talking about most out, outstanding player, these guards for North Carolina, I think, are undervalued. Uh, but I think Davis can kind of pull Williams out. I think that's going to kind of have to be the attack here for North Carolina. Get him out of the paint to open up the you know being able to score at the rim. And I think Davis uh, has a great ability to do that um, with, with his playmaking. We've seen him go off. What was it, the Baylor game? Was his game right? Um, and, yeah. you know, he, he can shoot Kevin, it. Uh, Manic. Yeah. Manic. Yeah. He scored like 25 points in like 25 minutes in that game. Like 20 crazy, minutes. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just think the guard play is going to be uh, a little uh, factor here. And, and, and over 13 and a half, um, Davis is another free throw shooter. You know, good free throw. Like, both of these teams shoot the free throw very well. Yeah. Um, but 
he, he, I just could see that going over with fouls. He's going to have the ball in his hand as well if, if, if North Carolina's up late. So I like him 13 and a half in that range. I think he can easily get up, you know, 15, 16. <clears throat> a couple of names I circled too were, were, were those guys because of everything we've talked about this week uh, relating to guard play in the Final Four and relating to how North Carolina, how we expect North Carolina to attack Duke. But Actually, you know, you can get a little bit, uh, you can get a little bit more aggressive with those. So, uh, so as we said, R.J. Davis thirteen and a half, Caleb Love sixteen and a half. Those are their the props as set. But you can go, you can play this up. You can go over fifteen and go over twenty. R.J. Davis to score more than fifteen points is plus one thirty. Caleb Love to score more than twenty points is plus one ninety five. Like that could be. I feel like either of those could be a little bit interesting if you're looking for a way to juice the numbers a little bit. And I think you make a great point about. I mean, if, if we already know North Carolina offense versus Duke defense is an extreme advantage for North Carolina, if they find a way to neutralize what Mark Williams does, yeah, then it becomes like a potentially game-winning sort of advantage for North Carolina. And it's exactly what you said. It's get him out. It's force him, force him to guard ball screens, put him in uncomfortable positions, get some pick and pop with some of your big men for North Carolina. Like, there's a lot of options if and when they pull Mark Williams away from the hoop. And that's going to lead to the ball being in R.J. Davis and Caleb Love's hands even more than it usually is. Yeah, and so this is kind of a you know strategy for attacking this. I, I like North Carolina, so the, the edges are, are going to kind of lean towards North Carolina. Where, where do I think a player probably number is kind of undervalued one game sample here but we go back to the game at duke north carolina kind of i don't want to say like held them off the whole time because you know it was mm-hmm. it was a close game to you know five minutes they certainly left. won going away yeah they, they 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 pulled away late but they were right there the whole the whole game um you know you look at the point totals they you know of course the big four for them had each had 20 points which is just you know kind of insane with how like they don't play anybody else, but these guys are just great. Caleb Love was twelve of twelve from the free throw line to get to his twenty-two. So I'm not saying that like Caleb Love, Love wasn't great. He was two for ten from the two point uh, two point range. I don't expect that to probably happen again. Two of seven from three. R.J. Davis two of four from three, but seven of twelve inside the three point line. So again, it kind of goes into Mark Williams had no blocks in that game. So was there a strategy? You know, kind of now. Obviously, Coach K can come back and, and kind of you know combat this strategy that that maybe North Carolina exploited here. But if if North Carolina holds Mark Williams to not like doesn't allow him to get a block shot tomorrow, like their chances are great. I think R.J. Davis is going to have a big game. I think all of them are going to have a big game, really. But um, it just seems like the like Manic, you know, he's going to get his, but he's not exactly like ball dominant in a way. Mm-hmm. I just think Davis is the guy that's going to be the X factor of pulling. Williams out of the paint and I really think you know that's what they did in in the the you know regular season finale I think that's that's going to be where their strategy starts uh in in this game tomorrow night Austin you and I have spent uh like two hours of recording time talking about these two games over the last week and a bunch of other time just off air talking about them so I'm so excited that these games are here now it's been a pleasure talking to you but we've done it all we've really talked about these games from every single possible angle that we can so I am very excited for these games to arrive tomorrow get excited get pumped watch these two games it's going to be a hell of a final four and it's been great talking through it with you and for all of you out there on best on the board this week that's going to do it for this final final four episode of best on the board thanks so much for listening for austin i'm michael beller good luck happy betting have a great weekend we'll be back at you on sunday with a preview of the national championship game we'll talk to you then